Thank you, Kelly Robinson, and good morning, everybody. It's beautiful where I am. I hope it's beautiful where you are, because if it is, it's a great day for gardening. I have a, a very good friend who is in the nursery business, and she said at a Zoom meeting we had on Monday, she said, I am exhausted. We had 500 customers in my nursery on Saturday. And I don't know if you've ever tried to help 500 people when you have about five or six of you to do it. And they all want to know, what can I do with this? Is this dead? Is this alive? Uh, What are the best plants that you have? Show me some of those, would you please? You are so tired by the end of the day. When I came to the Dallas County area in 1970, I decided, you know what, I want to know what people are encountering. I was with the Extension Service, and I, I volunteered at a at a member of my, I was, as I say, I was with the Extension Service, and I had a, an advisory committee, and one of the members was a really nice nursery uh, owner. And I said to him, I would like to work for you this spring on Saturdays, no charge. I don't want any, don't want any money. I just would like to work and learn what people are asking. I'll learn from you. Not going into business next year, opposite you. I just want to learn. And we had a wonderful relationship for the years that I worked for Extension. I could borrow plants from him to use on television programs, etc. And I learned a lot. And I learned, I had waited tables in college. And you know what? Everybody, everybody ought to get to work retail on a busy schedule. I also sold men's clothing at Christmas in downtown Columbus, Ohio, at Lazarus. Everybody ought to get to do that at Christmas and sell retail in a nursery in the spring, and they ought to get to wait tables in a mom-and-pop restaurant because you will appreciate the service that you get, and you will learn to be humble. And it's, it's, a, it's an experience everybody needs. You won't be quite so snooty about people. I don't know that you are, but I learned not to be snooty in a quick hurry. Anyway, I learned a lot about the retail business and and nurserymen make a big part of their money in the spring on the weekends and and they need it to be like today. So you're hearing applause all through the nursery industry, but they don't have time. They'll be applauding uh, sometime next week when they get their power, their energy back. Uh, I have a phone number. I need to give you the phone number. Jared Taylor's waiting for phone calls to ring and he already has Richard in College Station. Phone number is 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I feel energized today because we have this beautiful day and we can talk gardening and we can do it with a clear conscience and with a lot of enthusiasm. 888-256-1080 the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. There we go. Let's get the program underway. The best thing I can do is do my first ad break, and uh, then we will uh, go to Richard, and we'll go to your call as well. When I ask that you make your calls kind of succinct, and and I'll try to help as many people as I can. Uh, I do want to tell you that uh, in most of Texas, the central swath of Texas, if you carve left to right across Texas, about uh, about 80 percent of the state. You, you, you take out South Texas, probably too late. I'm talking about pre-emergent weed killer products. You're probably too late in South Texas, uh, north of, uh, I'm talking about north of um, Huntsville, Bryan College Station, across to uh, Austin. From there northward, it's time to put out pre-emergent weed killers, and this is just about your last chance. And that would go all the way up north to, I uh, will say, I-20. 
maybe to the Red River. Uh, to the Red River. That's your last chance. And then from the Red River northward, it's about the middle of the prime time to put out pre-emergent weed killers. And just really quickly, these are, are granules you put out right now, either dimension or HALTS, H-A-L-T-S, or Bayland, B-A-L-A-N. There are others. Those are the three most common. You put them out now, one of the three, and then you repeat it 90 days later. They prevent. You hear pre, P-R-E? That means before, before germination. Uh, they prevent crabgrass and grass burrs. The grasses that you see in your lawn right now, the big boisterous grasses, that's not crabgrass, that's rescue grass or some other grass, but it's not crabgrass. People have that horribly mistaken idea. For, for uh, rescue grass, you put it out back at uh, Labor Day. So anyway, you put it out now and 90 days later and you will prevent crabgrass and grass burrs. If you wait much longer, You've blown it, and you'll have crabgrass and graspers. Okay, that's the last time I'll mention that for this year. I have no product I can suggest to you from this point on that will get rid of graspers or crabgrass. So there's your last chance. If you have flower beds, you have to uh, use a maze or preen. And uh, if you had damage to your lawn, St. Augustine, and you're going to be resodding, don't use these products this year. Uh, if you have a brand new lawn that was planted, heaven forbid, over the winter or the spring or back in late fall like October, November, don't use these products. It's not rooted in well enough yet. You have to let it sit out one time. Uh, but anything planted in the summer or before last year would be okay. That's it. I, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want to move on. We have Richard waiting. We'll have you waiting at 888 Two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. You are about to hear an ad that you have never heard before from my book. Uh, we sold out of my books in a hurry on Thursday evening. I put it on Facebook, and the last 400 books went in about two hours. Facebook crowd is <laughs> pretty incredible. So here is your special offer. They haven't heard about this one yet. Um, these out of sequence here. Let me change pages here. There we go. Uh, this is a very special and very limited time offer. Uh, it is for Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, the fifth printing of the book. Uh, as I've been telling you, there is going to be a delay of probably about three weeks on this printing, three to four weeks, because of a paper shortage. It's always something, don't you think? And uh, this is the book that may be the only gardening reference you will need. It covers all aspects of gardening for all counties in Texas. 344 pages, 840 of my best photos, and 11 chapters. This is the fifth printing of this book. That's how, how well it has moved. The, the fourth printing lasted 10 months. Oh, gosh. There's a 48-page calendar of critical gardening tasks. That's Chapter 2. And uh, then it gives great details on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, lawns, annuals, perennials, and fruit and vegetables. Here is the special offer due to that paper shortage. Printing delayed by three weeks, four weeks, somewhere in there. The fifth printing will be $36.95 plus tax and postage. $36.95, but I will offer it to you as a pre-order price, a pre-printing uh, uh, price, 
of only $31.95. And you'll be one of the first to get it when it rolls off the presses next month. That's a $5 savings if you order now. I'll sign your copy. We'll get it mailed to you right away. Your satisfaction is totally guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny you spend. We have now officially sold 60,000 copies of the book, and I have not been asked to refund one penny on any one of the 60,000 copies. That's a pretty good success rate. So, save $5, but you must order now. The order is this offer is for a limited time only. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. You get it only from neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, or by calling my office weekdays, 800-752-GROW. That's 800-752-4769. The better way to order, though, is right now at neilsperry.com, n e i l S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. That's a $5 savings on Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Not in stores and not on Amazon. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. Now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Their easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6x9 to that big 12x21-foot greenhouse. And they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. I need to mention that that galvanized steel frame has uh, 30 designer trim colors to choose from. It's not, uh, it's not colored uh, polycarbonate panels. It's the trim colors. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get a great greenhouse from a great Texas-grown company. These folks are fabulous. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or you can give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553, MuellerInc.com. I'll be back with more after this message. Thank you, Kelly. Let me give you that number again. A lot of people will be out working in their yards and going to nurseries, as I mentioned, lots of other things. This may be an easier day to call through than, than you might have imagined. It's 888-256-1080. It's proper time to fertilize your lawn, and we can talk about vegetables, the best tomato varieties, a lot of different things. So give me a call, if you will, please. It's 888-256-1080. Richard is in College Station, where I grew up. Richard, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, I'm an old former uh, neighbor of yours on Francis Drive here in College Station. Yes, sir. Um, I have two questions, brief questions about crepe myrtles. Uh, number one, I know you're opposed to pruning crepe myrtles, and I don't do that, but uh, we've had the tips of the crepe myrtles are seem to be dead, and I wondered if it would be uh, okay to trim those off, or should I just leave them? Okay, well, let me let me answer that one first before we go to the other one. Uh, I'm not opposed to pruning crepe myrtles. I'm opposed to topping crepe myrtles, two different things completely. Oh, okay. um, and, and let me explain uh, something about crepe myrtles. Um, they are subtropical plants. They don't 
they don't sense when autumn is coming quite as well as some plants do. And so they continue to grow farther into the fall than they ought to, and they get caught by the first frost a lot of times. And so you'll always have about six or eight inches of dieback on a healthy, vigorous crepe myrtle growing out in a, in a, in a nursery, for example, where it is never uh, pruned at all at the top. Uh, and, and nurserymen don't do that. They don't want to do that. They know not to do that. And, and so you'll always have that six or eight inches of dieback in the spring, a little twig the size of a, oh, a, a pencil lead or a little bigger. And that's normal. And by May, those things fall off. The, the wind and the new growth that comes up around them, everything just knocks them to the ground. You'll, you'll see them laying on the ground in May. So we don't need to prune those. Is that what you're talking about, or are you talking about something more significant? No, I'm just talking about the tips. You've answered my question. I'll just okay. Give them a, uh, number two is uh, feeding them. I've got your book, but I haven't been able to find anything specific about uh, feeding schedule for crepe myrtles. I wondered if you could give me that right quick. I can. It's It really isn't any different than any other uh, uh, shrub or tree that we grow. I would fertilize them when they begin to grow in the spring. Um, and I'm going to come back and ask you a question in just a minute about what yours are doing, but that would be normally about the 1st of April, and it would be again about the 1st of June, and then I fertilize mine again in early September, and uh, those are the times that they are, are most likely to be growing. I don't like to fertilize them very late in, uh, in, the, in the summer, uh, beyond the 1st of September, because uh, that that continues the problem that we discussed earlier where they they try to grow too late what condition are yours in right now are they budding out well they're dormant uh, there are some in the neighborhood i noticed this morning they're got little bitty tiny leaves but mine don't but i think mine are okay but they just haven't started yet let me tell you what may happen this year and this is to 33 stations that carry my program farther south in texas you go the less likely this is to happen i don't know if it'll happen in college station uh, we we live in mckinney and that's where our crepe myrtle trails of mckinney are where we have 40,000 uh, crepe myrtles planted um, and and when we have a really bad winter or when we have a really early first freeze before they go dormant we we see the following happen the following spring uh, most of the crepe myrtles will come out normally they'll they'll bud out up to within the last five or six inches that we see we expect and, and all is well and then we have other plants and and it's very often three specific varieties that are quite common and sometimes there'll be a few other uncommon varieties about 120 varieties of crepe myrtles but on on varieties natchez and tuscarora and muscogee those are the three common varieties in the nursery trade and they're the ones that people buy a lot uh, we will see that when spring arrives and all these other crepe myrtles are budding out like you described and like I did up and down the stems, those start to send out these rank growing shoots from down at the ground. And that's an indication, uh-oh, the top may be dead. They're sending up new shoots from the ground line. And if that happens, you need to leave those for a while because that may be all you have to reform a new tree, a new plant. And... Um, so we always encourage people, don't be too hasty. If you see a lot of really strong shoots coming up around a crepe myrtle after a bad winter event, don't be too hasty to remove those because you may need those. And and what we tell people then is uh, if that happens, select uh, three to five. Well, you actually would select more and then, and then thin the number down later. 
but select the ones that are strongest and best and, and uh, get the old dead stuff out of there. That is three or four weeks down the road, Richard. That's why I wanted to kind of jump on that ahead of time. But no, okay, I, I think I think you're good. I'm sorry. So what's the feeding um, material, fertilizer? Uh, fertilizer is the same thing you put on your turf grass. I, okay. I, I don't want to oversimplify this, but soil tests have repeatedly shown, and I fought this a long time, they've repeatedly shown that, that the same very high nitrogen fertilizer that we use on, on lawn grasses and on shade trees will also be what we want in clay soils on tomatoes and on crepe myrtles. It's just hard to imagine, and, uh, and that's the case. And it took me several years to believe that, but A&M proved it. I grew up there. I, I worked for A&M, and that was probably the last thing that I didn't trust, and I trust it now. I've 30 years of, 40 years of watching that, that proof. Could I ask you one, one more Yeah, and I'll try not question. to give you 10-minute answers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying to be uh, uh you're, you're doing your part perfectly. You're doing okay. your part quite well i have i live at 703 francis and i have an l-shaped house and in the middle of the l uh is due north and there's never any direct sun on that spot and i'd like to plant some type of uh maybe a, a jasmine or something that will uh survive in uh, no direct sun what would you recommend or uh, maybe a flowering jasmine Okay, now are you talking about as a vine to grow up something, or are you talking about as a more ground like cover? A, more like a ground cover. All right. Um, to be very candid, I would, and, and star jasmine, confederate star jasmine is the, the ground cover. It's tall. It gets uh, 12 inches tall. Is the best of the flowering ground covers. It needs more sun than that. And uh, there are some flowering ground covers, but I would rather have an evergreen rock solid ground cover like mondo grass or liriope and then and put a decorative pot in there where i could introduce whatever color i wanted whether it was caladiums or whether it was wax begonias or in the winter if there's any sun at all uh, uh, pansies or something else i'd rather introduce the color as an annual flower than have to count on the jasmine which is only going to bloom for about two weeks out of the year now what were those two that you uh, mentioned uh, the, the two ground covers. The ground covers are monkey grass or mondo grass. That's what I have all through my landscape. Mondo I, grass. Yeah, M O N D O, mondo grass or monkey grass. Okay. And okay. Uh, then liriope is the big sister to it. L I R I O P E. Okay. And it it is taller. If you need something taller, it is taller. And it does bloom. Right. It blooms in the summer with the little lavender spikes and or white. Yes. Would you spell that second one for me? I'm L I R, L I R I O P E. If you have, if you happen to have the book that I just did the ad for, uh, the photos that you see are my landscape. They're all through, and and where I talk about ground covers for the shade, those are in our yard. So okay. I better run now, but but hopefully that'll all get right. you started. I enjoyed the call. Have a good day, Richard. Right. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Yep. I rode my bike up and down Francis and all through that neighborhood. All right. Let's see where I am. Greg is in Athens. Greg, let me get a, a, a another break out of the way, and I'll come right to you, folks. We now have that open line at 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now, 888-256-1080.
Niels Perry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer directly to your email every Thursday, just a little after 6 p.m. We now have 73,000 plus subscribers to eGardens. It's growing very, very quickly. In the last year or so, it has gained about 20% in circulation, 25%. And I thank you for that because you're helping me get the word out would love to have you as a subscriber. It is free. Can't beat the price. There always are five stories in eGardens. One of the stories is always a featured plant of the week. One of the stories is always a featured question of the week. And you'll always have gardening this weekend where I outline the things that are most critical for you to get done in the ensuing three or four days. Two times a month, there is a, a story written by another guest author. Diane Sitton and Stephen Chambly are, are the two who write one story a month. I write all the others, five stories times however many Thursdays there are in that month. I enjoy writing eGardens. It's like an old-fashioned garden section. Take a look at it. You can see it where you sign up for it. That's at neilsperry.com. That's where you buy my, my fifth printing of my latest book. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on the eGardens tab. Take a look. I think you'll be signing up too. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you. We have uh, we only have only one line open right now, so give us a call. 888-256-1080, but grab that line while you can. Greg in Athens, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, we've started a small little vineyard for the fun of it, and we're trying to kill the weeds in between the ro- grapevine rows. With with the uh, weed killer you were talking about earlier, would it work in there and not hurt the grapevines? Uh, you'd have to check the label and see if they are cleared for use in a in a vineyard. I don't know why they wouldn't be, but I also don't know that they are. Um, when you go to the EPA to prove something around an edible crop, you have to prove every possible negative. Do you ever hear that the the phrase "you can't prove a negative"? And that's what you have to, that's what you have to do when you're working with edible crops and a and a uh, especially an insecticide. Uh, in a in case of a herbicide, I don't know that it's quite that difficult. There are herbicides that would work, but you could also come back. I think probably with post-emergence and, and get rid of them, I would think, some of the sprays. Well, check, that's uh, not what we were complaining about. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. Check check with the farm supply store and ask them to show you what could be used in, a, in an orchard or vineyard. Just tell them that, and they will know their products uh, for a uh, commercial setting. The other thing you could do is search Aggie Horticulture for uh, post-emergent herbicides, uh, for vineyard and orchard, and they right. will be able to help you. Uh, in Athens, I don't know who would serve your area, but there are some outstanding uh, uh, commercial uh, orchard people in the state of Texas with the Extension Service. Thanks, sir. Appreciate you. You are welcome very much. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Barbara in Rockdale. Barbara, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question about some, I think it's like a fungus. It's like small little patches of gray and yellow fuzzy stuff that's on some of my bushes and on an oak tree. I have a lilac bush, an oak tree, and some rose bushes that I've seen it on. And where is it on these plants? 
on the on the main stems and on the trunk trunks. Area. Yeah, that probably uh -huh. is a lichen. Are you familiar with the word lichen? L i c h e n. I've heard it, but no, I'm not. Yeah, I'll bet that's a lichen. I'll bet those are lichens. Lichens are what you hear, what you're talking about if you ever talk about a, a moss-covered boulder. If you ever go into yeah. a, a big stone okay. yard and, and look at their big boulders that they brought in to sell, uh, they will have lichens all over them. Uh, if, you'll, if you'll Google that word and, uh, uh, and, and, look at the, and then look for photos uh, online, you'll see... Uh, things that look somewhat similar to what you're looking at. I have lichens all over our pecans and live oaks uh, here around our house. I broadcast from home, and uh, I could go out and show you uh, square feet of them on, on trunks of my trees. It's it's of no concern. They feed one another. The yellow are feeding the gray and vice versa, and uh, a, a good... Uh, I guess mycologist could probably explain how it works. That's not my field. But uh, the people who deal with funguses and algae and all of that could explain how they're how they're living. But they are they are counting on the the bark of the they're just counting on those plants for support. They're not doing anything to harm the plants. Okay, that's what I was concerned about. Yeah, you can worry about something else, Barbara. Are you out of things to worry about now? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know when you're out, and I'll share. I'm happy to share. <laughs> Okay. Now, right. do I can I order your book now, or can do I need to uh, go online or call you can, back? Well, not for me. I, I don't okay. sell it on the air, but you can order it online, or you can call my office during the week. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very I much. I appreciate you. Thanks for calling. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right, let's see. Let's go. We're now a little ahead of schedule. Let's go to Larry in Brazos County. Larry, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How can I help? Um, we built about a 10-foot-tall PVC frame to hang a bird feeder from. It's kind of like an upside-down U. And my wife found some lovely Carolina jasmine that we planted, and it was happy, and it grew, and it covered the whole frame and had the most delightful fragrance in the spring. Unfortunately, the Arctic freeze we had hit it and hit it hard. How long do we wait to see if it'll come back or, you know, it, it's all brown and it's frozen down and shrunk. You don't have anything at the ground that is green coming up from the roots? Not that I've seen. Yeah, I think it's time to go to the nursery. Um, I, <laughs> I am amazed. I am absolutely amazed that that plant froze in Brazos County. It froze all across uh, uh, north central Texas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Well, we got down to about five or six degrees yeah, with we the wind chill. Four, we went, well, air temperature in McKinney, where I live, we went four below zero. <laughs> and I know in Longview it went to went to the same temperature. And, and the thing that is interesting, Larry, is that plant is native to East Texas, and they've had these temperatures before through, through history. You know, if not uh, in the last 20 years, in the last pick a, pick a time frame. 50 years, 100 years, 500 years. That mm. plant is native, and, and yet, uh, you know, it's it's going to have to start over now. Oh, we so always I, looked forward to it in the spring. So oh, I, I do, too. I to, love that plant. It's my favorite vine. So time I think, to go I think find a new one. It's time to go get a new one. That's, that's exactly right. I'm sorry. How, how deep do I have to dig out the old one? 
or just uh, it won't be very deep. I think okay. if you dig a if you dig a hole the size of a bushel basket or less, you'll you'll have it all out. Okay, Neil, I appreciate it. Thanks for your advice. Thank you. Have a good day. You Bye-bye. too. Bye. You know the the sad part because I love guard. I had a the same man I was telling you about earlier that I, for whom I worked on Saturdays just because he was a good guy and I wanted to learn in the nursery business. I said to him, Steve Dodd, the late Steve Dodd of Dodd's Garden Center in North Dallas. I, I saw him one one time. I stopped by after a, a freeze in the spring and yeah, had taken out a lot of tomatoes and other things. I said, and I, I wasn't being facetious. I wasn't trying to make humor. I said, Steve, this has to drum up more business for you. And he said, Neil, it it does, but it breaks my heart. I said, really? And he said, yeah, I want my customers to succeed. I want them to love gardening and to have success because they'll come back next time. Oh, you know what? That is the most wholesome, wonderful attitude. And I also, he had, let's see, let me count. He had four nurseries almost within sight of his nursery up the road from him. He was the southmost. I said, how is it to have all your competitors right up the street from you? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you have, and I, I named the nurseries. He said, those are not my competitors. Those are my friends. They're nurserymen. I said, my competitors are golf courses. And and what else did he name? Something else. And uh, swimming pools. I think that was it. I don't know what it was, but something else. And I, that, that's just such a wonderful outlook on things. I want people to succeed with their plants. And so this winter breaks my heart because every time I go to my Facebook page, it's all brown. Neil, is this plant dead? Is that plant dead? Oh my gosh, I'm so tired of looking at brown plants. I mean, I want to help people, but I want to have them succeed. And uh, it's it's yesterday, 36 questions on Facebook. I'm just exhausted. And it's all, what can I do to make this plant survive? I'm sorry, it's gone. It's just, my, my messages are so depressing to me. So anyway, all right, let me get a break out of the way. We'll come back. We have uh, Daniel and Victoria and then two calls from, we have uh, Betty and Bob, the twins from Brian. So we'll go to them. I don't know that they're twins, but I don't even know each other. My book, fifth printing of Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, second time I've delivered this message, second time in all of recorded history. It's a very, very special limited time offer on the fifth printing. Get it quickly before this offer goes away. It's Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, 48-page calendar on Chapter 2 of uh, your critical gardening tasks. It tells you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all your plants. Four pages per month. This is just Chapter 2. I've never put that in a book before. It has specific chapters on the basics of gardening in Texas, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. 344 pages, 840 of my photos, and 11 chapters. Why do I have this special going on well ask me you did and the reason is i don't have any of these yet they're they're on the presses they're going on monday morning two days from now because there is a paper shortage i'm sorry started asking for this uh, 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 printing in january and 
I was notified two weeks ago, oh, we're having trouble getting the paper. So it'll be ready in, I'm told now, three to four weeks. And I'm giving you an offer of $5 off on this sixth, uh, fifth printing. It will be $36.95 plus tax and postage. You get it for $31.95 plus tax and postage. But I have to ask you to wait for those to roll off the press. And if you order today, you'll be getting one of the very first, probably the first hundred, books. Last year when I had to do a similar offer because of the pandemic, there were 3,500 books ordered and the people that waited on that one did not get one of the first hundred. So this is your chance right now. Save $5 but order now. Order online at neilsperry.com. Satisfaction is completely guaranteed or I'll refund every penny. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Order now. You can also call my office Monday through Friday, 800 752 grow that's business hours nine to five eight hundred seven five two four seven six nine the better way is at neilsperry.com thank you kelly let's go to betty and brian betty this is neil good morning hi neil uh, um do you remember richard powell oh absolutely i do I oh, see him at every bro- class reunion. That's your brother? Brother-in-law. Yeah. Brother-in-law. He's a great yeah. guy. Yeah, he bought me one of your books about two years ago, so I oh, love every bit of it. Well, but great. My- That's great. <laughs> my- tell him tell him hi. He was up uh, our way for a while, and I never got to see him on these grounds. I, I regret that. How can I help you? Okay. We have uh, had about 10 bushes of the hawthorn that in front of our house there and they were pretty old probably about 12 15 years old and i'm afraid the snow may have gotten to them we trimmed them back but they're still brown they're not really any green does right. that mean they're probably dead yeah but the snow didn't do it uh, if you talk to the people in longview where they had eight inches of snow i spoke to their rotary club on zoom the other day and where the snow level was up to 10 inches deep, they're green from 10 inches down and brown from there up. They're really strange looking. Uh, uh-huh. Snow is a wonderful insulator, but where they were exposed to the temperature, they, they froze. Uh, Indian hawthorns across almost all of Texas are gone. They're just toast. Oh, man. And, okay. Because yeah. oh, I was me. pricing them at the Lowe's the other Well, I can't say. Anyway, they were like $60 as big as the one I would want. You know what I mean? Well. Yeah, my, my recommendation is don't go back with more Indian hawthorns because they have a, a fatal disease called entomosporium. Um, yeah. I, I put a post up on my Facebook page about Indian hawthorns being frozen. I showed a photograph, and uh, as the last time I looked last night, that had been looked at by 440,000 people. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Biggest <laughs> post I've ever put up on, in yeah. horticulture. It's just it's amazing. Yeah, they're beautiful, though. They really are. Well, I appreciate you talking to me. Well, you thank you day. so much. You betcha. Take care. There's another okay. post right now on my Facebook page. I was just going to see what the count was. All right. Thank you very much, Betty. Let me see where we're going now would be to Bob in Bryan. Bob, this is Neil. How may I help you? Yes. Hi, Neil. I need hi. to uh, ask you what to plant alongside a driveway uh, and at the base of a brick wall. Uh, that faces uh, west-southwest. Uh, I've had things in there, and they just die out, probably because of the high heat. 
you know, the brick wall. Right, what are you the, What are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, this is going to be hard to do, and especially in the short amount of time that I can can do it. Uh, are you talking about flowers? Are you talking about a ground cover? Are you talking about shrubs? What are you talking about? Shrubs. How tall? Oh, four feet. Along a driveway, you want a four-foot shrub? Will you be able to open doors? Yes. Uh, it's a lot wide driveway. Okay. And it, it doesn't have to be that that high, but right. uh, I, two or three I, feet. Yeah, my, my concern about putting a, a corridor of shrubs along a driveway, and this is, I may not be picturing it properly, uh, is that you draw a huge amount of attention to the driveway. Normally what we try to do when we have a driveway is let it just kind of disappear into the landscape. And when you put a, a four-foot wall up of green, it, it really, it's it's like having a zipper stand open. It's like, oh, there it is. And uh, maybe I'm maybe you're trying to hide it from another direction. I'm no, now having I've, said that. Go ahead. Uh, I've had I've got uh, some pittosporum in there now, which are hanging on. I think. All right. But, well, uh, if you were happy with their height, my recommendation they're not they don't hang on after a cold. They probably are not going to make it. My recommendation would be dwarf Burford holly if you can get back far enough that it won't be scratching things. Uh, let me get my break out of the way and see how much time I have afterwards, and and okay. I'm going to come back to you. Let me do that. We'll put okay. you back on hold, and I'll try to come back. Um, okay. I need to need to tell you about my website, folks. I'll do that in very short order. It's where you buy my latest book, that special offer on Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. It's where you sign up for eGardens. I have information there on rose rosette virus. My 1001 Frequently Asked Questions, that's a lot of information on the website. It's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Take a look. I think you'll find it to be a very useful website. I would hope that you would bookmark it, neilsperry.com. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America. Let me tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. Mueller Metal Roofing and Steel Buildings are made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA and with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property, and you're supporting local jobs and local families. Ordinary, hard-working folks who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. And uh, Mueller Metal Roofing and Steel Buildings. 90 years of making customers' dreams come true. When a business has been around for 90 years, you can trust that they are doing things right. They can give you a more beautiful home, greater comfort, and better peace of mind. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553. Mueller, made in America and made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you. Bob did not stay on, and I was trying to get back to him to help. Uh, Dwarf Burford Holly would be my recommendation. It's not as prickly as it sounds, and that would be a very pretty plant that would get about the size that he was talking about. Um, There are not a lot of really great four-foot shrubs. 
uh, having grown up in College Station area, I'm Brian. Uh, but that would be something he could do. Um, I I don't like to leave a person hanging like that, and I just was afraid I'd run out of time, and I've done that before here. Um, I'm, uh, it's it's hard to do a landscape plan on on a radio program like this. You just can't see it. He's uh, welcome to post a photo on my Facebook page. That's also kind of a difficult place to do it, but but that might help, and I hope he'll do that. I didn't mean to sound like I was trying to cut him off. You see how little time I had left in the program. Um, a good nursery could help, and go in during the week instead of on a beautiful Saturday. Uh, to Daniel, who did call back, call me next week a little earlier in the program. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy gardening.